0: Well, I am uh, glad to uh, have the opportunity, although I'm um, sorry for uh, our brother Jim that uh, he has not been able to shake this cold that uh, that was coming on uh, so suddenly. Uh, but we are in uh, chapter 9 uh, of the book, uh, Reasons for Meditation. I provided uh, you with an outline, I'm actually just going to teach from the outline so that Uh, Although this is my last copy of the book, uh, you'll notice there are page numbers on your outline if you grabbed one uh, in the back there. It'll help you follow along in the book. Would anyone like to use a copy of the book to follow along? Because I'm not going to be reading all the quotes. Um, Although, um, forget Ball's first name, it's probably John, Um, It's one of my... uh, Yep, John Ball, Treatise of Divine Meditation. If you go through the chapter, uh, maybe you'll have a different opinion than mine. But uh, I found John Ball's medita- uh, quotes in the chapter uh, to be really the choice ones that made me want to get a copy of his Treatise on Divine Meditation uh, from 1660 uh, and um, made me, I'm sure in my flesh. Uh, irritated that they got his name out of alphabetical order in the um, in the bibliography Uh, L comes before T and X so you know write to R.H.B. I'm just kidding not important enough for that but you're welcome to borrow it as you can see there are eight subtopics in this chapter on reasons for meditation uh, and each of these P words that I've put on the outline for you do correspond to one of the bolded headings if you're following along uh, in the chapter. And so the first reason for uh, uh, for biblical meditation given in the chapter we have called priority. Because biblical meditation isn't just necessary unto our priority, it is our priority, Uh Children, what is the chief end of man? It's an easy one. Man's chief end is to glorify God uh, and to enjoy him forever. It's an easy one to memorize. Uh, It is a whole lifetime uh, of learning to grow into. The end of our creation, the end of our redemption, is to walk with God in worship and wonder. Uh, These are not things that eh, once we do all the other things, Uh, then we will have glorified God and may begin enjoying God. Uh, No, the glorifying and enjoying of God is what we are doing in everything else that we are doing. That we would always have heart and mind set upon him. That we would always be offering what we are doing uh, to him. uh, That we would always be enjoying him who is sustaining us in the midst of what we're doing. Who has given us the purpose and the place uh, and the particular duties that we are performing, uh, so that if we are aware of the involvement of God in our life like we ought to be, uh, that, uh, that we would have our whole life as a glorifying and uh, enjoying of him. We want to have the post-Methuselah Enoch life. I think we've mentioned this a few times, maybe just in, in conversation but hopefully in teaching and preaching as well, that that before Enoch, uh, in in Genesis chapter 5, Enoch's life before he became the father of Methuselah is just he lived this many years. But as described, after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. Uh, This is the life of a Christian, a walking with God and... uh, Uh, Walking with God, meaning we do everything in worship of him uh, and wonder at him for his glory and in enjoyment. That, incidentally, is a good summary of what it means to live in the fear of the Lord. We walk in the fear of the Lord. We are those who fear God. We live in worship of him. We're offering everything we do uh, unto him as worship, knowing that he is God and there is no other and also wonder at him, uh, and this enjoyment of him. Uh, and so this godly fear, yes, it trembles, uh, but it uh, it trembles with zeal and diligence and devotion. It trembles with delight and enjoyment. Uh, and, uh, and so biblical meditation, whether you're talking about uh, the meditation at particular times, or whether you're talking about the reflection uh, upon the Lord himself and and how he is interacting with you in every moment of the day. This is our life. Uh, And the fact that this subject is little touched, little known, little experienced in our age uh, is uh, is a reminder that uh, we are at a place where we need to be in, in the ups and downs of what God does in the church generally. We're at a place where we need to be crying out for an outpouring of God's Spirit, an actual knowledge of God in our life, an actual uh, union and communion with Jesus Christ. Uh, this is, of course, uh, what uh, Psalm 103 teaches us to do with our own soul, preaching uh, to ourselves Bless the Lord, O my soul, uh, 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 and all that is within me, bless his holy name. And he then gives, throughout that psalm, reasons for blessing God. And it ascends uh, to the place where, just before the psalm closes, he's concluded that all of God's angels, all of God's servants, all of God's creatures and in every part of his creation are supposed to be blessing him with all that they are and in all that they do. Something that, of course, in this groaning age never comes completely to fruition, but knowing whom God has redeemed you to be to himself, that the reason that he he put you in this Christian home or brought you from outside of a Christian home some way to hear the good news of Jesus Christ, the reason he gave Christ in the first place, the reason he brought you to faith, the reason you are now in his church is because he is bringing you at last to bless him with all that you are, all of the time. Uh, and so that with which Psalm 103 begins with, Psalm 103 concludes with, after reflecting not only on what God does particularly intimately with us, you know, he is like a, is like a father to us, and he spares us, and he's gentle with us, and he knows our frame, and, uh, and all of these wonderful things about, about uh, his mercy to us in the midst of our lives. Uh, so our whole life is to be uh, responding to that, which, of course, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So that's the first reason for meditation, for biblical meditation in our lives, uh, that it is the priority of our lives. The uh, second reason that he gives is the pattern of old saints. Uh, uh, Isaac, Joshua, uh, uh, meditate on his word um, uh, all, all day. Uh, David, Psalm, uh, uh, Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Uh, Solomon, Mary, uh, you remember meditating upon things uh, in her heart. Uh, Timothy, urged to do so by Paul, who is telling him to do so, uh, following his own example, Uh, Walk in the path that others have taken to have arrived where you are going. That's the transition from Hebrews chapter 11 to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 11 presents us with all of these men, some of whom are not particularly admirable. Right? You know, Barak is in there, and his account in Judges is mostly about how he was such a failure uh, that God used a prophetess to do the job of, the judge at the time, uh, and yet sustained by faith. Uh, And so uh, we have these witnesses in Scripture, these examples that are listed uh, in 2A of your outline, of people whom the Lord brought uh, in part and especially by way of meditation. Uh, And so Hebrews 12, verse 1, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside. Every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set uh, uh, that is set before us. Uh, the second half of Hebrews twelve, verse one, there uh, being a really good summary of the useful of what meditation is useful to do. In number seven on your outline, or page one hundred one to one hundred two in the book, but not just the example of others. But we are following them as they follow Christ, and that's uh, Hebrews twelve verse two, looking unto Jesus, the author. And our author doesn't quite um, uh, quite capture it there, as a it's a Greek word with a really rich meaning. Um, if I don't see anyone, I oh Ben maybe has studied a little bit of Greek. Archegos. Um, sometimes you have the word captain. Uh, it's someone who who goes ahead and knows the way and makes the way for us, Uh, uh, not necessarily to be innovative, but um, the translation I like for the word is trailblazer. Uh, If you've ever gone to camp or been in the woods and uh, and someone has gone before you and made the path, uh, and then others have walked on the path, and you can kind of tell, uh, tell where you are, yeah, you know, that's that's the idea there in Hebrews twelve, one through two. The Lord Jesus has blazed the trail to heaven for us. That's one of the that's one of the main points of the book of Hebrews, especially as it teaches about public worship. Because it is in him that we enter heaven in the public worship, which is the primary subject of the book of Hebrews. But not only has he blazed the trail, he has also sustained many upon the same path. And so when we see the Lord Jesus, out all night to pray, getting up early in the morning, withdrawing to be alone with his Father, uh, uh, preparing, yes, getting hungry over 40 days and 40 nights, but as we recently saw in Matthew, being prepared uh, by the ministry of the Spirit to him to spend 40 days praying and fasting, uh, and uh, the the Lord Jesus being a man of great Meditation, so that if we ever thought of someone who, who we would have thought didn't need it, it would be Christ. But not only was he human and needing to grow in wisdom and favor and stature with God, and he would do things like get hungry and get tired in his body, and he would need also to maintain his human soul, his human mind, uh, as we also need to, uh, need to be maintained. Meditation was a huge part of the Lord Jesus' life. And meditating upon God's word, thinking upon what we have heard from his word uh, and uh, interacting with God himself uh, in what he has taught us from his word. That is a big part of what we need, uh, what we need to be doing throughout our lives. So we have this uh, pattern. Now, some of you are appointed pattern setters, Uh, especially here. I want to talk to uh, the mom's. Uh, in God's providence to you, you have little meditators in training, uh, and I know we all feel like we are in training, uh, but how are your children going to learn to bring what you started the day with in the scripture into what they are doing in the rest of the day? Yes, with your children you are you are uh, seeking to always bless God with them. Every little thing that God does for you, every little thing that God gives to you, that which might have been, might have remained internal for you uh, as a woman walking with the Lord and lifting your heart continually in praise and thanksgiving for this and that, and asking God's help for every little thing that you have to do in this and that, and remembering the scriptures that tell you about his health and Uh, And that tell you about the goodness that he's doing for you. And that whole internal life of conversation, internal conversation with the Lord, ladies, that if if you have children, don't let it remain internal. Verbalize it so that your children who are walking with you throughout the day are learning this habit of interaction with God and dwelling upon his word. So you have the what you started the day with. Uh, in in scripture, together with your children, and then throughout the day, you're reminding them. Do you remember what what we uh, heard about this morning? And as you get into that habit, you, you'll find that throughout the day, there's all sorts of providence and occasion uh, for that specific scripture in God's mercy and wisdom, and in, in how he uh, in how he governs your life. Uh, and one thing, of course, that uh, one advantage this gives the mom even over the dad, uh, is that by the providential assignment of having to lead someone else all the time, she finds that her meditation is improved by leading their meditation. Every dad knows that same dynamic, don't we, from leading family worship with our children and the structure that God imposes upon us that we were too foolish um, to do uh, for ourselves, self-harming Uh, on our own and not sticking to it, but then God gives us a little eternal soul. um, As if there's such a thing as a little eternal soul. Uh, And that is what presses us into keeping the morning and the evening uh, and always wanting to have the the word of God on our lips. So that which was um, on our hearts uh, comes out on our mouths. And we have this uh, when we go out and when we come in. Uh, And the way our lives are constructed, a lot of the going out and coming in uh, is what mom is leading. Mom becomes a pattern setter. Uh, And when you rise up and when you lay down, well, dad is there for the rising up and laying down. And he has the especial duty. So you see from Deuteronomy 6 that, uh, that mom and dad are pattern setters. For living a life of meditation with God, meditation upon God's word and fellowship with God, just as God has given us in the Bible, all of these, what do we call them? Fathers in the faith, or Mary, a mother in the faith, who also meditate upon God's word. And uh, and Jesus, yes. Thank you. Thank you. And he gives us these fathers and mothers in the faith in Scripture, not only so that we can follow them as they follow Jesus, but because Jesus has gotten them there already. And one of the things that we want for you children is to learn in your home growing up this life of walking with God. And one day, dad will be gone, or mom will be gone, or both will be gone. And you will remember them as ones whom Jesus has also gotten there in this same way. And now he is getting you there in this same way. Uh, And so pattern. Uh, So reasons for meditation uh, it is our priority. God has given us a pattern foremost in Christ, but also in the way that he has uh, ordained for, uh, for generations, uh, one to the next, to set an example for, uh, for each other. Prescription. Uh, God commands it. God commanded it to Joshua. In Joshua 1, verse 8, which mirrors Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. And Jesus is the blessed man, of course, who meditates on God's law. Uh, he delights in the law of the Lord, and on God's law he meditates day and night, but when Jesus saves us, he starts to make us to be like himself, and we too find our delight in the law of the lord and This is the way that we are kept uh from walking or standing or sitting with the evil man or in the seat of the scoffer is it gets replaced by meditation upon the law of the Lord, just like uh when we get to number six and the preservation or redeeming or reclamation of our time, redeem, uh, redeem the time for the days are evil. So there's this inertia of evil that is reinforced by the sin that remains in us, that if we don't redeem the time, uh, if we don't uh, uh, make a resolved, uh, uh, Christ-dependent effort to meditating on Scripture then we are just going to, by inertia, default to all kinds of emptiness and, yes, even all kinds of evil. Living for fun, wondering how much people admire us uh, and all of these things that our hearts immediately go to. A child who is constantly saying, I'm bored, is also constantly saying, my purpose in life is to have fun and be entertained. They need to be taught to redeem the time because the days are evil. How are they going to do that if, if we, are, we, we, the parents, uh, are not doing it? But God has given us, therefore, good prescription when he commands this meditation in Joshua 1.8. When he commands this meditation, he uh, gives us the implied command in the pattern of Christ, the, this meditation in Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. The whole of Psalm 119 uh, the place of joy, the source of wisdom, uh, the, how affliction is made useful to you. All of God's helping us in every sort of situation in life. Meditation on his word is key in every one of those things. And so he gives us all of these commands. Philippians 4, eight, you know, whatever is true, whatever is lovely, etc., Meditate on these things. How come we memorize Philippians 4-7 and Philippians 4-8 as if they're these two completely separate passages? Rejoicing in the Lord always comes by way of meditating upon all the good that the Lord has taught us in his word and all the good that the word teaches us to see in the Lord and what he has created and what he is doing. Being anxious for nothing... But being able to, in all things, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, that comes again, by the Lord blessing to us, our dwelling upon Him and interacting with Him, meditating upon these things, and give you uh, uh, some advice. Uh, this is, of course, how our Lord Jesus was. If, if you. Well, let me just cut to the chase. Don't be a podcast Christian. The, the brash, always mocking, uh, willing to, uh, to be a little bit coarse in, uh, in their joking or in their language type men are not following Jesus in Psalm 1, 1 through 3, and Psalm 119. And the strength and courage that comes from Joshua In that context, obeying Joshua 1 verse 8 and having a Philippians 4, 8 life of meditation upon God himself and fellowship with God himself that produces uh, going forward in Philippians, being able to do all things through Christ who strengthens him, whether in exaltation or abasement. And exaltation is harder because a man gets full of himself instead of full of God when things are going well. And that is not doing all things through Christ if a man is full of himself. Those whose minds are full of the goodness and glory of the Lord Jesus, of his faithfulness, of his constant companionship and help, those whose minds are full of that, their mouths will be full of that. And they tend not to make podcasts unless Ligonier twists their arm and has them talk about something for four hours and then chops it up into 20-minute sections. Uh, for them Uh, but we have this good prescription from god that he has commanded us that which is good for us and therefore because god commanded it and because it's good for us our flesh is always going to oppose it Our, our remaining sinfulness is always going to oppose it so we have to resolve not only that this is something that we're going to do but that we're going to navigate any obstacles to meditating upon God's word and having life as a fellowship with him. And we're going to kill whatever opposition to it we find arising in our own hearts. Fourth reason uh, for meditation is a prerequisite. It's necessary for knowing God's word. He, the, the book uses again, in fact, I thought one of the quotes was actually repeated, uh, the metaphor of digestion. Uh, you don't need to just... Uh, eat food and have it pass through you uh, like uh, so much theological um, uh, GI uh, issues, uh, but you need to eat and digest. Now, uh, one of the things that is very wise and uh, that he draws from the Puritans in that section uh, that begins on page 98, or maybe uh, spans page 98, uh, is... The danger of letting the simplicity of the gospel, and the gospel is simple: God saves sinners by Christ alone. That's it. But there's a danger in letting the simplicity of the gospel become an excuse for robbing ourselves of the riches of Scripture. See, so yes, the um, the uh, the Scripture has enough in it that's plain that a mouse can. Uh, uh, can uh, uh, take a drink from it, uh, but it's also deep enough that an elephant can swim in it. I don't remember if that was from the uh, the chapter. It's a common uh, image metaphor. It's not my, It's not original to me. Uh, but there are these riches in the nature of who God is in Himself, especially in the uh, in the intra-Trinitarian. Uh, relation of the Godhead and the character of God. There are riches there that that, uh, that that captivate our minds and fill our hearts that this is the God who made us and that we are actually being made to know him. And every bit you learn uh, re- reminds it, if you meditate on his word and fellowship with him in this way you don't become more and more full of how uh, how excellent your doctrine is you become more and more amazed with the glory into w- with with which you become familiar and yes you oppose wrong doctrine because wrong doctrine doesn't know this God who is this God who made us this God who is in himself and and all of these riches that he has in himself and and how he has he has joined that to us by the incarnation of the Son that, so that the second person of the Godhead is a man and we who are men, we who are human would, would have a union with the Lord Jesus and actually be made like him so that there is now this perfect expression of what a man is like in conformity with God. Who is Jesus Christ, and we are being made like him until we perfectly are conformed to his image. It you know, there are all and then all of the details of those things, just just telling you that it's glorious. But the the hundreds and thousands and um, is probably infinite ways and details of that glory, those are the things to be discovered and enjoy it in meditation upon God's word, in fellowship with him. Scripture not only instructs our minds from Christ's mind, something that happens during teaching or preaching or study, but it also shapes our minds to be like Christ's mind. And this especially comes by meditation. When we dwell upon God's word, in the way that Christ does, and his spirit applies him to us. Uh, And the place where that is uh, is most clearly and profoundly taught in the Bible is in John 17, where Jesus, the glorious son from all eternity, is about to complete his redemption mission for securing the other sons, the other children, sons and daughters. And he calls God God, Uh, He calls his father, it's the only place in scripture where this language is used, Holy Father. And he is eager that we would be brought into this knowledge of Father, Son, and Spirit that God has had in himself. And what does he say? Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. This is immediately preceded by, for this reason I consecrate myself. Saying, I am going to the cross, not merely that they may be forgiven, but that they may be made like me, that they may become holy children of the Holy Father and come into the joy and fellowship that the Godhead has had from all eternity. And so, (laughs) uh, there is this, there are these riches to be known. And so, yeah, you could. You could just say, well, the gospel is simple. Why do all that theology stuff? Why meditate upon God's word? Um, you know, his, his mind is always, uh, his, his, his always in heaven. Well, the why is in the glory of God himself and what is in the Bible. There are riches presented to us by means of the word, by means of, uh, of the truth. Conversely, if we learn without meditating, we will become a monstrosity because the one whose mind is filled with ideas that are from the Bible, but the mind that is full of those ideas is not being shaped to be like the mind of Christ, will, will then have all of these truths and ideas, but it will be packaged in a person who is not becoming like Jesus. And what they do with the doctrine in their own life will be an abuse. And what they do with their doctrine in what they do in the world will be an abuse. There will be a monstrosity, not a Christian. Uh, And so biblical meditation is vital for us to practice in our lives so that we have this fellowship with God in Christ by which we are actually brought more into the shape, more into the likeness of Christ, so that whatever truth we do know and believe and speak it 's coming in the package uh, of uh, of a man who is being conformed to christ and god 's providence to us uh, next week on James chapter three um, uh, is uh, is almost entirely on that what a teacher should be like, and that if we aren 't being made like Jesus specifically in things like humility and gentleness uh, which he emphasizes in that chapter that it may appear to be divine wisdom but it's actually earthly and demonic is the language of James chapter 3 for that so it's a it's a uh, well we just uh, covered number five uh, in uh, in large detail as well uh, bible reading uh, may maintain uh, right doctrine but meditation, especially, motivates right living. The way what we understand from the Bible in our intellect reaches the what we do in our lives by our will is through the affections, and the affections are warmed through meditation. Um, you know the uh, you know the the spark, as it were. Uh, of Bible reading, Bible study, theology, uh, the way it is warmed into flame is by feeding it with the the, the meditation on his word in fellowship, uh, in fellowship with God. Prayer especially is difficult uh, for one who is unaccustomed to the presence of God. Uh, if you are not living in fellowship with God, it's very difficult to come into a time of directly interacting with him in prayer. Because he's a stranger to you. Um, then there's the um, uh, preservation, which we already covered to a large extent, progression, meditation being an appointed means of maturation. Uh, you remember in the book of Hebrews, uh, those who still couldn't uh, still couldn't process solid food. Uh, Christian maturity is a thing. We should be growing. Uh, and meditation is a significant part of how the Lord does that. By dwelling upon God's word, we're not only informed, but the things that we think and feel are, are brought into, uh, into interaction with the truths of God's word. And we'll find that some of the things that we think and feel when we bring it into interaction with God's word and we're meditating upon it, they don't stand up with this. And we have to change what we think we put off, wrong thoughts and wrong feelings and wrong desires. Similarly, meditation upon God's word is one of the ways that right truths uh, start, uh, right and good thoughts start to uh, form in us. And uh, virtues in our lives that had been feeble unto that point uh, are stirred up. And then in the last place, uh, on that last page, page 103, he makes the point that God has loved us from before the world began. And the whole Bible really is, uh, at least in one one aspect of what it is, is a love letter to us. You don't just read a love letter for information. You savor it. You dwell upon it. You, You give your heart and yourself to the one who sent that Uh, that letter because they sent themselves by it. And there is not, there's never been a love letter uh, that is so aptly described in that way as the Bible. God has given himself to us by the Bible. So we mustn't just receive information from it. We must receive him and have fellowship with him By means of it. Uh, And so that is the reason for living a life that is punctuated by set times that God has appointed for deliberate, direct meditation. But in between those set times, living a life also of the meditation, the setting of our hearts upon God and living in fellowship with him. And yes, that will make the things of earth grow strangely dim you'll come to consider it not so strange won't you you're like oh of course they're dim look at what they're compared to amen let's pray our father we thank you for uh, your word which teaches us all these things and all these passages that we visited and didn't have time to dwell in and meditate upon grant even oh god that we might Uh, Take that as a start. Uh, We bless your name for the Lord's day uh, in which you remove all these other distractions that our hearts may, may get a sense of the sweetness and may be strengthened in the practice of meditating upon you and having fellowship with you. Oh Lord, conform us to Christ by the work of your spirit, sanctify us by your truth, used your word, which is that truth for that work, so that we may be brought to think like He does, to know you as our Father, as He knows you as Father, to have His joy in us, uh, to enter into that for which He prayed so earnestly uh, the night that He was betrayed, and which He has been interceding and praying for ever since in glory. Grant it, we ask, even as He asks. And so we ask it through him. Amen.